Sports Radio welcomes you to the Lion's Den with your hosts, Michael Heiger and Louis Bellotta. That's right, this is the Lion's Den. I will be your host, Louis Bellotta. Our normal co-host, or our normal host, Michael Heiger, is designated for assignment this week. But just like last week, we have Chris Bogus with us. How you doing, Chris? What's up, what's up? I'm glad to be here, Lou. And we're glad to have you. A lot of things happened this last week with the Lions. It looked like it was going to be a dull week, but uh, the schedule was announced. We got some Eric Ebron comments that are a little I don't know about, and we got potential Sue being traded. At least there's talks about it. They're swirling. I'm happy. Yeah, you like to hear those things. Oh, I love to hear those things. All right, well, let's break it off first here with this release of the 2014 schedule. When I looked at it first, I, uh, I, I don't. I was not happy. I don't think this is a good schedule. They did not get the uh, they got the short end of the stick on this one. What do you think? Well, what do you mean by not good? You mean like strength of schedule? Yeah, it, it is. So granted, in the NFL, there are no gimmies. There never is a gimme in the NFL. But just on looking at this schedule, there's a lot of tough competition. There's always tough competition. But a lot of these teams were play, uh, playoff perennial teams that were versing this year. There aren't a lot of like the look at the schedule and you can check it off like, oh, yeah, you can count the, that as a win. Like maybe Buffalo, you know, maybe <laughs> Buffalo could be a, a win. But everything else is going to be very competitive. And I don't like that the schedule ends week 16 and week 17 at Chicago and at Green Bay. And the week before that against the Vikings. So And then two weeks before that, Bears. So we have potentially four out of the five last games, all division games. If they're in a tight playoff race, which is a very high possibility that will happen again this year, I you know you just hope that they've changed their ways from last year and they could get through a schedule like that because definitely how they showed how they played this last year, a schedule like this, oh, they would have tanked so hard, just as hard as they tank now, but probably worse. That's exactly. I think that's exactly why they made a schedule like that because they know the NFC North is a possible toss up. They made a schedule like that because they want that kind of. That's going to get a lot of uh, publicity on television. And, you know, as far as, like, the whole schedule goes, we got the Panthers week two at the Panthers, and they were, like, undefeated at home, whatnot. That, that's going to be a tough competition. We faced that whole NFC South, the Saints, the Falcons. Falcons had a bad year, but, you know, it's never fun playing the Falcons when they got Matty Ice throwing the ball, Julio Jones coming back. You know, that stuff's scary. The Dolphins didn't do bad last year. Of course, the Patriots, Cardinals, up-and-coming team in the West. Yeah, it's going to be a tough schedule. And there's definitely no gimmies this this year. Definitely no gimmies at all. No, not one. One thing that we definitely need to talk about is this week one matchup, this Monday night football matchup. When I saw that, I smiled. I was happy. I think that's cool that they, they gave it to the Lions week one against the, the Giants. Definitely a good money grabber. New York's a big market. Yep. The Lions are now very marketable with all their players. Um, I also think it's a very good matchup in general that the Lions, I definitely think, can win. You're going to be at home. It's going to be rowdy. It's yeah, gonna be real rowdy. If there's anything close to a gimme, it might be that first game because the Giants, they're not looking too as good as these other teams on here. But um, the Giants, they're gonna be good competition because we got that redemption. We lost to them last year, we so did. we got a bad taste we in did. our mouth. Schwartz was yelling at the, the fans and that everyone had just lost it. It the was game an was ugly, out of a very ugly loss. Oh and yes. The Lions would really like to have that one back. So I think that's why they gave them the Lions that Monday night redemption shot against the New York Giants. It's going to be a good game. I'm, You know, I, I look at Carolina in week two, and yeah, they're at Carolina, which I think makes it a little bit more difficult. But they don't have any receivers anymore, which I think bodes well for the Lions because we don't really have a secondary. Yeah, <laughs> That's, that, they cancel each other out. Yeah, they can't, <laughs> basically cancel each other out, and they just have to focus on Cam Newton, which definitely is not an easy task to do. No. But I that definitely bodes in their favor because – 
they don't have anyone. They're going to be drafting a wide receiver, it looks like, in the first round this year. Just yeah. To... Even I, I, I kind of think that the Panthers might be one of the teams that will trade up to try and grab a top talent wide receiver. Which is very, that's very, like, or that's very, you know, it's a look, high possibility that would happen just because they were such a good team last year and a, a good playoff caliber team, and then they just lost everyone and they just kind of take Every offensive weapon they lost. Yeah. Steve Smith and, uh, who else? They, Brandon LaFell. Yeah, Brandon LaFell. They're all gone, so yeah. they gotta they gotta revamp that offense. But I still, you know, that defense. That's what they're. That's where they uh, made their wins was that defense. Luke Keekley, those guys are monsters. So. Oh yeah, they're definitely monsters. Uh, I like the matchup week four at Jets. I like that. That might I be like, a gimme. I like the Jets. <laughs> I don't think that's a gimme. You know, they went eight and eight last year. And they're just yeah. one of those teams. They're feisty and they put up a fight every single week. And you know, sometimes they have like these stupid like plays and calls, and you're like, oh my god, the Jets. Yeah, but. Like I don't know. I think it's going to be a great game. I think um, it... kind of, kind of premature here. Now we haven't had the draft yet, of course. But looking at this schedule, what do you think their record will be next season? Oh man, I want to say pre-draft want... evaluation. Pre-draft evaluation. I want to say nine wins. Nine wins. That's a lot. I know it's a lot. Nine wins. It is a lot. I think. But we, I think we got the Bears and the Vikings. That's four. I mean, I know you can't guarantee those home, those home games are the away games when Vikings have us at, uh, at their the Metrodome or wherever they play now at Soldier Field. Those are tough games, but I think we outplay them as far as the division rivalry goes. I think we can grab a Dolphins win, a Bills win, a Jets win. You know, that makes us round seven. And, you know, we really tanked last year, but we started out very good. New coaching staff. I think I'm not as scared as everyone else might be. So, I don't know, nine wins. I'm being optimistic. I'm also I'm, a Lions fan, so. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that goes along with being a Lions fan. You're optimistic every year. But I look at this schedule, and I say seven and nine. Seven and nine Same record as last year. You know, you can't predict the future. Uh, and the one thing that makes me say seven and nine is it's a new coaching staff. And hopefully it's a better coaching staff than what the Lions previously had. But with new coaching staffs comes new hurdles, and you need to work those things out. That's something that comes along with a season. And I just think with the strength of schedule, a new coaching staff, you can't predict injuries. Um, this team's True. secondary is not good as usual. Now, maybe the, the defensive coach, you know, maybe he can help them out more. But I just see 7-9, and nine, same record. Uh, that That's not necessarily a bad thing, because I think 7-9 and nine in your first season as a head coach is not a bad start. Granted, with all the talent the Lions have, uh, it should be a better record, which I think everyone would argue is true. But I say seven and nine would be a reasonable, a reasonable outcome. You think a healthy seven and nine, like win some, lose some, or like win six and three the first half of the season and then tank again? No, no tanking. I think it's going to be like a healthy. You win, you lose. You win, you lose. You win. Okay, you lose. so if new coaching staff goes seven and nine, what do they do for? Because the Lions organization, they're due for a winning season. You know, they are. So what what happens then? You know, it's just going to be one of those tough spots where like, you you don't. You don't know. Like, the same thing with Jim Schwartz. Like, they gave him an extra year. You know, he won 10 games, but he didn't really do good in any other season. But they gave him that extension because he won the 10 games. So I feel like if they go 7-9 to nine this year, you know, the, the general management may stay again. Martin Mayhew and them, they may get, the, they may get that one short lease one more year on their contract to try to turn it around. It'll just put them in a bad spot, but I think 7-9 to nine is the way it's going to go. I like the way Martin Mayhew's been drafting, though. I think, you know, we got a lot of building blocks. So I, We got a lot of building blocks this last draft, but, you know, he's kind of sputtered in the last two drafts, picking players that had great promise but had off-the-field problems and they knew they were injury-prone. You know, Ryan Broyles, like, that was a second-round pick that you could have taken back and gotten somebody else that we wouldn't even be talking about right now would they need another wide receiver. But what do you think, where do you, like, Ryan Broyles is already in practice camp. You, what do you see in him? 
You see him coming back? I see back? potential. Yo, he's definitely coming back. Okay. I mean, he wants to play. The Lions want him to play. They invested a second-round pick in him. They still want him, and they believe in him. I believe I believe in his talent. I don't believe in his knees. <laughs> no one does. He no. doesn't believe in his knees. Yeah, you know, and that's a tough spot. He's showed promise. He's showed that he can. he is totally worth that pick when he's healthy, when he gets the ball. He can create space and has good speed, but, you know, I'll just – it's one of those things. I'll believe it when I see it. And I think because of all these surgeries with the ACL and stuff, he's not as fast as he was, and he's going to be kind of slow and, you know, not as explosive. And then he falls on the depth chart to, like, number four, which is not what you want in your second-round pick that you've invested. But at the same time, he has good hands. So I think he's going to contri- – if he stays healthy, he will contribute, but not as much as we would want him to. Yeah, Martin Mayhew grabbed, uh, you know, Mikel Sh- Shore. Gronkowski, this or, or not Gronkowski. I'm sorry, uh, Fourier, you know. Yes. Soon. Yes. Uh, and then Larry Warford, who I think is going to do great. He did awesome last year. Oh yeah, I, I read. A, I was reading uh, an article like a week ago. It was about like last year's draft after this season, like reevaluating all the players. Yeah. And Larry Warford went fourth in the draft. Yeah, he fourth should. overall. Rightfully so. That man played his heart out. He, he did. was. He was the reason the Lions' offense did so well. He filled that uh, that right that spot on the right side of the line. He did awesome. And, you know, as far as other draft picks go, you can't be too mad at Mayhew because Titus Young went nuts. Uh, Javid Best, okay, he had the concussion problems, but that just it's it's just kind of sad that we lose two top talent picks like that. So Yeah, I was playing, like, I, okay, so I've Madden 11 with Peyton Hillis on the cover. Of course. Yeah, and I was using the Lions, and their offense – is awesome. Amazing. It's amazing. It's and it makes you wonder like if all these players panned out, how would their season have gone? Yeah. We, like two years ago. Like instead of four wins, how many wins would they have had? Like Javid Best was great when healthy. Titus Young is a very was a very good receiver when he wasn't trying to be cocky and control the game as his own. And I you know, Tony Scheffler, he was he had good Tony hands. Scheffler. Okay. Granted he got a little old and they released him, but they had a great offense that just didn't turn out. And I don't know if all that is coaching staff related. I think it is. But, you know, you can't also predict injuries. Well, I mean, part of that was Titus Young and Javid Best, and now they're gone. So we've replaced them with Nate Burleson. Well, I don't, was Nate, Burle- Nate Burleson was there. What We got Reggie Bush instead of Javid Best. But instead of getting Reggie Bush, you know, we could have gotten something else because Javid Best would still be healthy. Joyke Bell was right behind him. Titus Young on the outside. We wouldn't even be in this conversation of, do we get a wide receiver? Do we get this? Do we get that? We'd say... You know what? It'd be all defensive loaded right all now. Be, yep, exactly. So with talking about the offense, um, there were some interesting comments said by tight end out of North Carolina, Eric Eberon, regarding the draft this week. He said, they said, you know, they asked him, who do you think is going to draft you? Who's the most likely candidates? And he said, the Detroit Lions. Now, when I heard that, I was, I was you know, one of the, what? Because, <laughs> you know, and that may be one of those things where, you go into an interview and they make you think like you got the job just so you leave feeling good. Yeah. But you just, you just, I mean, I've gone through that with trying to find an internship this summer. They it happens me, to the best of yeah, us. Yeah, I know. I left feeling great and then all of a sudden I, oh, you know, we weren't, you weren't qualified. But so, what do you think about these comments? Do you think they were just making them feel good and leading them on? Or do you think, do you think they really are looking into them? You know, it's hard to assess something like that because, you know, he's still he's still a kid, you know, or, you know, it's hard to say he's a kid when I'm a kid, but, you know, he's he's young. So when he hears these things, he gets hyped up and maybe these because I think he saw the Bills, too. They're the only teams that have been filling his head with these kinds of ideas. I don't know what kind of research he's done, but I mean, every team in the draft could use a tight end so he could go anywhere. I don't see the Lions getting him because 
we just re-signed Pettigrew. Nobody like you don't like him. I am 50-50 on him. We either get the good Pettigrew or no, we either get the almost good Pettigrew or the not good Pettigrew <laughs> who's dropping balls, fumbling, or making that giant catch in the middle. You know, he's like one out of three play guy, kind of guy. Eric Ebron, you know, we draft him, and then what is he going to do? He's going to go right behind Fourier, or is he going to go in front of Fourier? I don't know. I mean, we just gave Pettigrew a four-year contract. So I would just rather see something else get picked. Oh, yeah. I, tight I, end at number 10 is just not something I like to see. No, I totally agree with you. It's it's If they drafted... If they did this, you would definitely scratch your head because, as you just said, there's no need for a tight end. No. Our tight ends are not the greatest. They need work. They are not the best. And you, as you know, I hate Brandon Pettigrew. I yeah. think he is just the worst tight end in the league. <laughs> but and if they drafted Eberron, I would just say kick Pettigrew to the side, you know. Um, maybe there's something swirling there that we don't know about. Maybe they're trying to trade Pettigrew to get a draft pick. Maybe we don't know. I'm just speculating, but you know, maybe yeah. we don't know. Maybe we don't. We don't know this stuff. But I would. I would say it is a very stupid pick if they took Eric Eberron at ten. It is one position not of need. Definitely yeah, not of need. Not of need. No. Maybe want. But yeah, you can want all you. You can want all you want. But it's that would not help the team. My question help. is to your to your speculation. I know it was just a curveball you threw, but do teams sign a player and then try and trade them? I just is that even like something that happens? It does happen. Uh, the one thing that's not so, and we'll talk about this with Indomitian Sue because this falls right in that category. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so that's the thing. So you sign a player and then you trade it, and it's normally not that's normally not an appeal that that teams want because the teams want to make is that that deal doesn't necessarily fit that team. Right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, because the contract is fulfilled for that player to fit that salary cap a- around all the players that are signed with it. So you, you send them over to somewhere else where their cap is busted. Exactly. You can't you can't sign a player like Brandon Pettigrew for what do you get like four four million a four year? Four for sixteen. Yeah, yeah. Four. Yeah. So it, yeah, uh, it's 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 a confusing situation at tight end, but it's not something I don't even care to worry about right now. Oh yeah, as it's, far it's as not worth go. it at all. Uh, I, I'd say we're in a good spot more than a bad spot, and you know. Yeah, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't even. I totally believe that the Bills would pick him up right before us at nine. They got a. Uh, they don't Rob, have anyone. They have Robert. Wo- uh, no, I'm, as far as their their offensive weapons oh. go, they have Robert Woods out of USC. Um, he did well last year. Stevie Johnson. Scott Chandler's okay. Yeah. I'm not a fan of Scott Chandler. Exactly. But. He's one of those, he's Brandon Pettigrew type player. Yeah. So it's He's possible. either like, it's like, oh my God, where'd he go? And then he'll get like 20, he'll get like two touchdowns in a game. It's like, oh my gosh, he's great. And then he just disappears for five more but, games. But who's their second tight end? They have Scott Chandler, but do they have a Fourier? No. Like, because Fourier is something I like to, last year was his rookie year and he did great, I thought. Uh, you get someone like, uh, it's one of those things, though, where Fourier, nobody knew about him, and so nobody prepared for him. But now teams are going to be preparing for him, so we'll see how, how he you does think? this year. My my thing, do you think that Joe, Lombard, Joe Lombardi from uh, New Orleans is going to Jimmy Graham, Joe Fourier? Do you think he can do something like that with a talent like that? I, I, he's going to try. He already said that he's going to implement the running back system that he had with uh, Darren Sproles exactly. and Pierre Thomas. Oh, yeah, I can so see it happening. I could see, I mean, I could see it total, like be, running out the same way. Yeah, because Jimmy Graham, he was a, wasn't he a basketball player? He, he was, was a raw Miami. talent, just like Joe Fourier. He's just a tall goon out there. Except Jimmy Graham was a first-round pick. True. But I'm, <laughs> <laughs> his skills were refined when put in the New Orleans Saints regime, Very I true. think. So if Joe Lombardi brings that over, maybe Fourier's role, will be, maybe they'll put him in the slot. Or not the slot, but... You know, stretch them out more. Who it definitely gets some coverage off, you know, Megatron. But I just think, well, uh, let's stop talking about Ebron. He's yeah. not coming. Where yeah. he's not coming, he's just he wants. 
the one thing I like about this whole situation is like everybody wants to come to the Lions. Yeah. You ask anyone, they're like, oh, I would go to the Lions. I'm going to the Lions. It's like, who, who did, did you ever think anybody would be saying that? Oh, yeah, I want to go to the Lions. Like, yeah, if there's would, anything good out of all this yeah, it's talk. It's like, oh, who do you want to dress? Oh, I want to go to the Lions. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> I want to go to the Lions. What? All right. So let's bring up this very controversial topic that has been spewing for months now, the Indomitian Sioux saga. Here I, we go. I want to start the hashtag, screw Sue. <laughs> screw Sue. Man. All right. So rumors started swirling this week that the Lions are looking to trade him. There are trade rumors going on. I just read an article this morning that um, they've been talking to people, but no one's biting. There are no bites. Um, I'm not surprised by this. I want, I, as said in podcast later, podcasts of the past, don't like Sue. They should get rid of Sue. But the bad situation now is just getting worse. It is going to be very, very difficult to trade because um, they know that he is a free agent next year. So if he gets traded, they're... The only way he gets traded is if there's a signed thing. In, or in this trade, there's a clause that says, you will sign with us. We will sign you to your mega deal. You can't pick your team. And you know that Sue's going to want to pick his team and not let the team pick him because he's, he's such a high-level talent. He's like, well, I'm going to go wherever I want to go. And he's just going to be very hard to trade because, one, the cap hit with his mega salary. Huge. Huge. Two, his antics on the field. Huge. He becomes a just <laughs> huge he, – he's just a huge man, but yeah. that's huge too. And – the other thing, the third thing has been it's been said, you know, he's not a good locker room presence. His captain, uh, his captain patch is in question this year. Oh yeah, it's definitely in, yeah. in, definitely in question. So, just my question to you, Chris, what do you think about all of this? Do you think the trading is a good idea, bad idea? What do you think? Okay, I am almost split down the middle, but that's just because I'm trying to keep a level head in a situation like this. Nadamikin Sue, if we trade him, if someone is willing to pick up this cap hit that Nadamikin Sue is taking, I, I don't know the logistics of it all, but. If someone picks up his contract, they'll get a great player out of him, and we could get something out of it, like maybe a second-round pick or a fir- maybe a first-round pick. I don't know what you could get out of him, but we could get something. Translate that to the draft, pick up a defensive tackle. Okay, that's cool. But if we re-sign him, we're getting the Dominican Sue back, which is just... I don't you- want him back. I-, I don't want him back. He is the best player on defense, but I don't care. I honestly don't care. It's come to that. It's come to that. I don't care. It's he's more than just the best player on defense. He's like their marketing tool. He's like kind of the face of the franchise. He's the captain. He's not worthy of any of that in my mind. Cuz if you really are the best, you should be playing like the best. And he plays like the best sometimes. But there's sometimes where he just doesn't like in the, that game against the Giants that we talked about last year. He only had one tackle. They're True. playing for a playoff spot, and your captain, number one defensive player, has one tackle. I'm sorry, you're not worth against like one of the worst lines in the league. Last exactly, year. that allowed some of the, mo- the one of the most sacks on Eli Manning, and you don't get a tackle, and you're like you're the best defensive tackle in the league, and that doesn't happen. I'm sorry, you're right. not worth it. And the thing is, is everyone's like trade him for a pick. I mean, I would love that. I don't see any team in the top ten that would trade their first overall pick for him. It's not worth it. Most of those teams are rebuilding, or the teams that are there had a bad season and need a couple of players like the Texans, like the Falcons. They're not going to give up a whole bunch of money for Sue because they know they only need one guy and then they're back where they were again. The only way that I see Sue being traded for a pick is if he goes in the 20s. A team in the 20s that's like right on the bubble of the playoffs and they just need one more big superstar guy. That's the only way I could see it ever ever happening. But I don't see it happening at all. And the thing that I don't like about Sue... 
just I'm just gonna just keep rambling. Yeah, keep doing it. The way he's handling this whole situation, uh, I heard it best on the ticket when I was driving home on Monday. He's acting like when you're in a relationship and you want to <laughs> break up with your girlfriend, but you don't want to do it. You make her break up with you, so you just act like a douche the whole time. That's exactly what he's doing right now. That's a very he interesting doesn't want to be here, but he doesn't want to be like I don't want to be here. So he's just gonna act out until they get rid of him. But that's where I sit here and I'm confused is because no one has talked to Ndamukong Sue. So what if everyone's just talking crap and it's just getting filled in our heads? What if this is all media related? You know, they talk to some of the guys in training camp and of course they don't want to stir anything up. So they say, oh, it doesn't bother us that he's not here. Of course, it should bother them a little bit. It probably does it bother does them It does bother them. They just say, you have to say that. Exactly. What if they're not lying though? What if, you know, it is voluntary minicamps. Okay, it, see, it's hard to defend him in a situation like that because he should be going to these things. But not everybody goes to voluntary minicamp. Like, it just happens sometimes. But when the whole team is there and you're a captain and you're looking for a new deal, why aren't you there? Exactly. That's why I'm, you know, the, the thing angel though- and devil on my shoulder are whispering in my ear this whole Nadamakan Sue situation. And I just don't want to get too angry because I still think they're going to sign him. They're going to sign him. It's going to happen. I, I have that gut feeling, too. Yeah, it's it, they're not going to get rid Like, why would you get rid of Sue? From a business point of view, you can fit him in your cap space if you if you extend his contract. But if you get rid of him, you got a huge hole in your defense. You just took away the best player in your defense. And that's just an unfortunate situation going into a draft where you need a receiver, a linebacker, depth at center, a kicker, uh, maybe a tight end. You know, none of those are defensive tackle. You know, but that... that if Ndamukong Sue stays, it makes our defensive tackle and defensive end picks later in the draft. Whereas instead of picking a top receiver or linebacker talent in the beginning of the draft, we got to draft Aaron Donald or Timmy Jernigan or you know one of those names. Where I don't want that to happen because those guys are just prospects right now. They're nothing. There's no promise to them. They're still prospects out of college. So Ndamukong Sue, we know what he can do. One of the best tackles in the league, and if he comes back. We got the best, one of the best tackles in the league. If he leaves, we got to sign someone who might, who who won't be able to fill his shoes. True. I guess what's what's going on in my head is I'm just I'm jumping to the future because yes, we have all those needs you just said, and those definitely should be filled in this draft because this team cannot win without those things you just said. They need a kicker, obviously, and they need a, they need some depth at receiver, and they need a flamethrower to sack people because Sue isn't doing it. He's doing it. Well, I, I over-exaggerated. But anyways, what I'm saying is, next year, they're not going to have any defensive tackles. Sue's up, Fairley's up, C.J. Mosley's up. They're your three. You're your top three defensive tackles right there. All their contracts are up. So you're going to have to sign one. It's kind of like that rude thing, marry, kill, something. Yeah. That's what you got to do with the Lions defensive tackles. <laughs> who are you going to marry? Who are you going to kill? And who are you going to, you know, who are you going to, yeah, yeah, get with. Who are you going to Marry, with? kill, get with. Let's do it right now. Marry, kill, get with. Sue Fairley Mosley, go. Okay, I'm marrying Sue. You gotta marry Sue. You know why? Because long term, I think he lasts the longest. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> it's an interesting analogy. You know, probably. Oh man, C.J. Mosley had it, it. I don't think he just compare compares to this. So I would just say, I would say, I would say, kill Mosley and <laughs> get with Fairley. I mean, I. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of upset you put this all on me, so now it's your turn. What now it's my do? turn? Yeah, your uh, turn. I mean, it's just as tough, because... Man. Mary, get with, kill. All right. Who are you getting rid of? I'm I'm killing fairly. 
Yeah? I don't like You Philly. know, I almost said that, so... I don't like him. I don't like him at all. But that's why they got rid of his fifth-year option, because they want him to play for it. They True. want him to cut that 20 pounds that's hanging over his belt, and they want him to compliment Ndamukong Sue, who they will marry. They will contract him up. Yeah, I would have to say, kill Fairy, fairly, marry Sue... With Mosley. See, you hate Sue, and you know you would marry him. The business point of view it's, is, it is, is interesting. I know I'm being so hypocritical yeah. right now, but uh, it's hard to do when you got to think of it with a suit and tie on. What does the organization want to do? They yeah. want to keep Sue. I mean, you know, right now they're looking at every possible option. They are. That's why there's these trade rumors because they're they're poking they're poking the Bears, they're poking the Falcons, saying, "Hey, what do you think we can get out of an Indomitian Sue trade?" You know, they want to see because. If they don't, if they're not able to sign him, that's the first thing they're going to do. Put him right on the block and see what they can get out of him. That's just smart. I think that's smart. They're supposed to um, feel out trades because that's their only other option. If they can't sign this man to a long-term contract and they have to take a twenty-two million dollar cap hit, no way. They're going to try and trade him if that happens. I think they'll sign him though because that'll be the easiest thing to do. And why would Nadamik? Okay, Nadamik and Sue might want to leave and take more money, but why? You know, because that's just the that's just the nature of the game, man. Where 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 would he go where he gets that same amount of money and he goes into a better a better like a better um, scheme? There, there isn't, and that's why this situation is just even more confusing. It's like yeah, you have draft prospects saying they want to be here. Yeah. People want to be here. Why don't you want to be here? But that's it's a- like he are you're already making enough money. He's already like the richest rookie ever. And now you want more money? Dude, just chill out. You're going to get your money. Why don't you just stop being a little baby and just play with everyone else? You know, I I don't get it. I don't get it. That's why it's confusing. It's so confusing. And, you know, like once the season starts, well, preseason, no, not even that. Training camp. You know everyone's just going to be fluttering around him. And it's going to be a distraction. And it's going to be awful. And, you know, he he put this on himself. You know, and it's... He did, yeah. If he went to the voluntary camps... Uh, we wouldn't be talking about this right now because we would just know he would be getting signed. Yeah, that's another man. It's just there's too many there's too many working parts to this conversation, and it's it's getting annoying. To it be is honest. no. That's why I want him gone because he is making this more difficult than it needs to be. I I agree, but I just don't want to. I don't want to. He's being a total. Bash him. He's being a total woman about this. That's what he's you doing. So oh I, yeah, I. You know, there's. I don't want to bash the guy because we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. You know, he could be saying, "Yeah, you know, let's uh, let's sign my deal by June because I want to be in those camps." Who knows? We don't even know. Voluntary workouts for a guy like Sue. That's where the voluntary is a, is the term that needs to be highlighted. You know, oh, I'm Nadamikin Sue. I'm in the best shape on the defense, which arguably he is. Have you seen the man in real life? He's a monster. Voluntary is there for a reason. Of course, voluntarily mandatory is the underlying truth. I of guess it. I yeah. I guess I wouldn't have a problem with any of that if it wasn't a new coaching staff. True. If this was Jim Schwartz again, I wouldn't have a problem because they they all know each other. They all because he didn't come last year. He wasn't there last year, and no one made a big deal about it. Oh, Nobody he was. Cared. He wasn't at the volunteers last year. No, he didn't go last then year. Then I'm not even worried about it. Not even worried about no. it at all. If I'm only at- worried about it because I'm looking at this photo of him right now, and he's got a C on his chest. And it's a new coaching staff, and they got two extra weeks to work out with the team to get to know everyone. Yeah. And everybody knows everyone except Sue. I'm not worried about it as far as the contract goes. As far as the character goes, I am worried about it. He's got to get in there. You know, he's the captain. He's got, like, if I was Jim Caldwell, I said, I'd say get to, get to camp right now. 
or I'm ripping that C off your chest and giving it to Fairley because that would get him most mad. Fairley doesn't deserve that. Oh, no. No, None they, of them deserve that. No. I mean, if any, uh, does uh, DeAndre Levy have one? No. Put it on his chest. But Stephen Tulloch has it. Oh, okay. Are you going to make two linebackers coaches? I, I don't know. Captains? I, I, no, can't do I forget that. how many captains patches are out there. Get rid of Ndamukong Susan. Throw it in the trash. Yeah, exactly. Put no, it on, I, I agree. He put it that. on the drafted kicker. If there's one thing we can agree <laughs> on in this podcast, he doesn't deserve the C on his chest. Yep. Does not as, deserve it. As far, yeah. I agree with that 100%. All right, Chris. Well, this was a, this was a treat. Very good treat. Hope to have you on again. That was nice. Uh, for the Lions Den, I am Louis Bellata, and this is Chris Bogus. See you guys later. Peace out.